Remain standing the book of Joshua chapter 6. I love brother and sister Moats so very, very much. And uh, he, he is a voice in my life, and I plan on leaving it that way. And uh, he's made some hard decisions in his life, but I stand with him. And I'm proud to call him my friend. And uh, I consider him uh, as that. And I salute you tonight, brother and sister Moats. Sister Moats, are you still here? Okay. Sometimes the preacher's wife leaves when I get up to preach. I'll make sure you didn't do that, okay? Okay. That's still my friend. All right. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, my wife, family, they want to be here so bad, but Kip is going to Mississippi for a Bible quiz deal, and so uh, I went one way, and they're going the other, but... Anyway, Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1, very familiar. Now listen, this is going to be a little different tonight, okay? Y'all, y'all had your party. Y'all shouted, and y'all danced, and y'all got sweaty, and, and you tested your deodorant already, okay? So you, you did your thing, all right? All right, so uh, I'm just going to do... Now listen, I, I, with, there's times you walk to the pulpit, and you got to, oh, Lord, I hope so. And there's times you walk to the pulpit, and you got to, oh, Lord, I know so. And I've got a no-so message tonight. But it's not me. Listen, no, no, no. It's not me. It's because you folks have been praying. And God's heard your prayers. And so tonight the Holy Ghost is going to speak. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart, the Holy Ghost is going to speak to all of us. I don't care if this is your first night or if you've been here since the Seelies have been here. God's going to speak to you tonight. I'm just glad they're still here. Joshua chapter 6, even if they are late. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war. And go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. Everybody say six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. The seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. Everybody say seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And I want to talk for a few moments tonight about walking and shouting. Walking and shouting. Amen. I want you to help me pray for a special anointing just to settle on this crowd right now. Would you lift your voice and let's, let's pray. God, we're so small and you're so great. Father, you see we stand in need tonight. God, we have your blood, your name, your spirit. We need your word. God, bring our minds together. Put a special anointing, God, upon your servant to speak tonight, God, upon the ears of your people. They may hear the voice of heaven thunder across this sacred desk, Lord. Speak to us. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
I see that, uh, I think y'all made some kind of a push for reading your Bible through this past year. Such a commendable uh, thing to do. But it's amazing to me, no matter how many times that a person can read the Bible or even read a particular story, that you can read it a year later and that same story you've read dozens of times, all of a sudden you see something in that story that you've never seen before. It's because it's a living word and it has a way of finding you wherever you're living. And so we are forced to take the word of God and we are forced to dig and find little nuggets and things that, that we can glean from. And tonight, uh, I hope that we can find some of that, maybe little things that, that mean so much. And uh, the example, one example could be our scripture text tonight. I read in your hearing five simple verses in a few seconds of time. And uh, it was a scene that would take seven days to unfold. In a few moments of time, we read about virtually what would take an entire week to transpire. And so it's easy to overlook the details that the Bible is forced to leave out. The Bible can only hit the highlights of certain stories. It's up to you and I to kind of dig in, maybe put yourself in that situation and try to find out what it would have been like to be there watching the word of God unfold. But if we continue reading in verse 6, Joshua calls the priest and he says unto the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, pass on and compass the city. Let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets and the reward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall say, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. And so the word of the Lord came to a people armed and ready to go. But the word of God came and the word of God restrained them. Yes, I said the word restrained them. Amen. And so the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. 
And in my simple mind, I see them getting ready for war, putting on the attire, strapping on whatever weaponry they had, and, and picking up the ark and getting the trumpets and everything that was involved, getting themselves ready for war. And they got in line and they began to march, but it was in silence. It was just one foot in front of the other, marching around that city. I don't know how long it took. I've read that some historians believe it would take about four hours, but march is what God said to do, and march is what they did. And so they just began to walk around the city. And they finally got back to where they started, and they went home. <laughs> that was pointless. <laughs> Wall still standing. But that was the word of the Lord. In verse 12, Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets and the armed men went before them. But the reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. And I can see them going back to the camp on the second day saying, what in the world are we doing? Amen. We get dressed. We, we strap on the armor. We grab our weapons. We've got the formation. And yet we walk by the hour in silence and nothing happens. I can see people peering over the edge of the wall, throwing things, hurling their comments, making fun of us. And yet we can't even respond. And we just walk by the mile, by the hour. We can't do anything but walk and we come back home and the Bible said that they did this for six days. Get up, walk, nothing happened, come home. Get up, march, come back home, no victory. Nothing's changed. And so the Bible said, it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner. But this time, when they got back to camp, he said, do it again. And they marched again. And when they got back to camp, he said, do it again. And so the Bible said that they compassed the city that day seven times. Amen. It was laborious. It was no doubt tiresome. It was no doubt monotonous. And they just continued to walk. And I assume that somehow maybe they were conditioned for the journey. But I have to wonder, did they begin to get blisters on their hands and feet? Did they have leg cramps? Was there, was there fatigue setting in? I wonder what was their mentality? What was the attitude? like what was their faith like how did they press home when I tell you number one how they pressed stones they were soldiers 
and soldiers just do what God says do. And it may be day seven, walking around the third time. It may be the back aches, maybe their neck aches, maybe their shoulders ache, maybe their feet ache. But somewhere the man of God said, just keep on walking. Don't change the word. Don't change the commandment. Just keep on walking. But I want to sit down. Keep walking. But I'm tired. Keep walking. But I'm weary. Keep walking. But I'm confused. Just keep walking. No singing. No dancing. No shouting. No rejoicing. No walls falling down. Just a bunch of men walking in silence. I'm going to tell you, don't, don't get ahead of me tonight, but I'm going to tell you what. This story is a wonderful representation of living for God. And the Bible speaks much about our relationship with God being a walk with God. Romans 4.12 speaks of those who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Romans 6.4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should walk in newness of life. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for we walk by faith and not by sight let us walk honestly as in the day this I say in walk in the spirit what are you doing I'm walking with God I'm walking with God I'm walking with God not in my flesh but in the spirit oh let's give God some praise John said I have no greater joy than my children walk in truth man this journey involves a lot of walking Daily. Some days you feel like you're just putting one foot in front of the other. Can I tell you why you feel like that? Because that's exactly what you're doing. Now look, don't you sit there and try to convince this preacher you wake up talking in tongues every day. No. No, 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 no. Amen. Some days you don't feel like getting up. And some days you don't feel like praying. And there's days that you didn't feel like reading your Bible. And there were days you could have done a whole lot of other things than, amen, come to prayer meeting on a Monday night. But you know why you did it? Because a higher power said, just walk today. Just walk with me today. You may not see walls fall. You may not see a great explosion. But honey, you'll just walk. You'll please God. 
God. Learn to walk. It may be monotonous. It may be tiresome. It may be laborious. But you learn to walk in the heat, in the valley, over mountains, through dry places. But you got to keep on walking. Oh, come on. Lift your voice and praise the Lord. Man, for the Bible said, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. Now, I'm going to take a quick time out and just bump something real quick here. He was not acting on his own authority. He was speaking as the mouthpiece of God. Don't you dare say, who's that man think he is? I'll tell you who he is. He's the man that heard from God. Tell them to walk and not shout. Tell you what, you want to pray for God to build walls in 52 days? You better pray God build some walls around my man of God's ears that the voice of this world, that the voice of compromise don't get inside of him. You better pray for your pastor. God, use that mouth. Put your word in his spirit, God. Because if God, if you don't speak to that man, how are we going to hear? How are we going to be saved? Speak to that man of God. Use him, God, like a prophet. And so, so the word of the Lord said, you can walk, but don't shout. Boy, I love y'all's church, but there's just too many restrictions. Brother, it's not restrictions, it's obedience. I wanted to do 120 tonight. <laughs> but obedience said, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And then the 57, 18-wheelers that you pass in a quarter mile said, you can't do that. But, but you know, sometimes uh, the restraint is not to curse us. The restraint is getting us ready to be blessed. If you just, oh, God, if you just do it God's way. Quit thinking God's holding you back. Quit thinking God's restraining you. He knows what he's doing. He's God and I'm not. Oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, we're just walking around a city. Why can't we not say one word, preacher? I tell you what, y'all just make it, you can't, you don't have no living room. You just got it so tight, so restricted. You can't do nothing. Why is God so strict like that? I tell you why God said, shh, no talking. Because God knows man. And God knew about the second day. They'd get up and start walking again. All of a sudden, some sour attitude would have said, what are we doing out here? And all of a sudden, doubt would have popped up everywhere, spread like a wildfire, because God knows how carnal we can be. God knows how pouty we can be. 
And so God said, before you ever get pouting, shut your mouth. Don't spread doubt in the middle of my battle. God knows what he's doing. Well, why can't I have this and live for God? Because God knows you can't control it. God knows you can't handle it. So quit griping and complaining and say, God, you know what? You're a whole lot smarter than I am. Yes, Lord, thy servant heareth thee. I think I'll do it your way, God. <laughs> so, so we learn some days are a little harder than others. Bible said on the seventh day they got up Began to march as every other day. But I've got to wonder what the mood was, the level of excitement. I bet it was like trying to wake up a teenager on a Saturday morning. Come on, boys. We're getting up early today. Because we're going to march seven times today. Now, did you say we can't open our mouth when we start marching? Okay, I'm going to say everything I want to say right now before I get out of this bed. The mood, the level of doubt and wondering what we're doing. Amen. But the Bible said, after they can pass the city seven times of walking, 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 Walking. I want you to hear that when you go to sleep tonight. Walking, 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 and walking. God's word is always true because the Bible said when it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua finally said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Finally, after all that walking, all that marching, I can let out my shout. And something got to moving, something got to shaking, and walls fell down flat. And God gave a victory that day because they waited, because they waited. And so, like a cool breeze on a hot summer day, they were shouting. Listen to me. Shouting can be that sign of victory in the camp. And we love shouting. I want to make that clear. We love you. Y'all still with me tonight? I'm going somewhere. Just, just ride with me a little bit here. Just walk with me, okay? But you're allowed to say amen, not on me, all right? Amen. And so the Bible tells us, amen, that well, there was victory in the camp that day. There was shouting that day. I don't want to leave here tonight. And you say, Brother Green don't like shouting. No, that's, that's not true. I love shouting because shouting can be a sign that there's victory in somebody's heart, victory in somebody's situation, victory in, in the church of the living God. We love shouting services. Pentecost is geared toward shouting services. You know why? Because we love victory. 
But the Bible said the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted the great shout that the wall fell down flat. The people went up the city, every man straight before him, and took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. The end. Whoa. That's powerful church. I mean, that's a powerful church service. Uh, that service, if that were a church service, uh, that'd be like the last night of an old, old style camp meeting. Uh, and it just blows up, and there's miracles and signs and wonders and, and healings. Uh, it was powerful, uh, it was victorious, uh, it was encouraging, uh, it was refreshing, uh, and it really didn't take that long. Uh, just a quick blast of a trumpet, uh, a shout of faith, uh, and they took the city uh, and they went home and they rejoiced. Uh, wasn't that a great? battle <laughs> wonderful but can I preach now the most overlooked part of this story is the amount of time they spent walking versus the amount of time they spent shouting and one of the most overlooked parts of this story is there will be no shouting if you don't spend your time walking. One reason a lot of folks don't make it living for God is uh, they want to bypass the walking uh, and just come in uh, on a hot Wednesday night uh, and let's just start shouting. I'm going to tell you what, I love to shout. And God loves to make us shout. But the reason we're shouting is because we were walking on a Monday and walking on a Tuesday. And we walk today. Therefore, I've got something to shout about. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Amen. How much time is spent living in obedience to the word of God. It's in daily walking. I'm declaring this is why there's so many people that don't make it in living for God. They don't establish a daily walk with God. That's why they struggle. Even some here tonight, you don't mind coming and singing about every mountain. You don't mind coming around the altar and shaking and shouting and praising God, your problem is you are not walking on a day by day basis and you struggle. Let me tell you, it's obvious to a watchman on the wall who's walking with God and who's not. I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody struggle all week long. Pastor, I need help. I need counseling. My life is so full of drama. Anybody else have that? Drama. Yeah, if you're, if you're here, you've got drama somewhere. Only to watch them come to church, soak up the presence of God, feel the strength of an apostolic church service like we felt tonight. 
man rub shoulders with the body of Christ and, and man reach over and pray with that one and man there's like fire that just gets a hold of you and all of a sudden you feel like your feet leaving the ground and you're you're somewhere lost in the heavens with God and they come and that's why they're here that's why they come back and they get their victory back and they walk out the back door saying I'm so glad I came to church on a midweek service but yet they walk back out into a sin stained world and they fight carnality and they fight the spirits of this age and before long they lose what they got in a few days because they didn't learn to wake up on a Monday and start walking with God. They didn't learn to go to bed on Tuesday night saying, I'm still walking with Jesus. It's a continual cycle. They walk out of the house of God and they struggle. And they come back inside the church and we pray them through all over again. And they walk out to a world and they struggle and they stumble and they lose their shout and they lose their joy and they lose their victory and they come crawling back in the back door saying somebody help me get my shout back the problem is you don't need your shout back you need your walk back <laughs> yeah I'm preaching the shout right out of this place. I know. You ever wonder why some folks, you just want to grab them and shake them and say, hey, knucklehead, why can't you just make up your mind to live for God? What is the deal with this? I mean... It's when they're up, they're up, and when they're down, they're down, and you know where they're at. Uh, you pray them through on Sunday, and they show back up the next Sunday, and it's like, were you even here last Sunday? What, what happened? Uh, I just want to ask some people sometimes, uh, because I can't get there from here. I don't understand the mentality. Uh, when I made up my mind, uh, I'm going to live for God. Uh, and uh, I'd have to come back in and say, here I am. Uh, pray me through all over again. Uh, no. Uh, when I made up my mind, uh, I told the devil, you're wasting your time. I told God, I'm a set out for you. And some days I may be running, and some days I may be walking, but I made up my mind. I'm staying in the race. I will live for God. I will be saved. I'm going to make it all the way. One foot in front of the other. One step at a time. One step at a time. What are you doing? I'm walking with God. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to make it. I may be walking slow. But I'm going to walk with him until my feet leave this earth. Let's pray for just a moment here right now. Come on. Would you lift your voice? Let me see it. I'm, I'm almost done. I promise I am. I don't know. I was trying to think tonight. The first time I was privileged with the opportunity to preach in this pulpit. God's blessed us, good friends here. We've been out of this church for several years now.
And I've been around this local assembly to know it'll take much to get you shouting. And this is, that's not negative, okay? I, 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 took, I took a little, forgive me, I hate doing it, but I must. I took just a little panoramic deal there because I want to take it home and show what prayer will do. And y'all please pray for us. Man, we, we want our own church. I'm, I'm, I'm this close to go renting just a small storefront and make it just a prayer room if I have to. I don't know. I, we want a place we can go pray. I said, God, how, how can your house be called a house of prayer if we don't have a house? So we want to do what you're doing. Hey, would y'all help me pray about that the next 25, seven days? God, give them a prayer room. Give them a sanctuary they can pray in. Not for man's glory, but for God's glory. Hell don't want it because hell's scared of a praying church. Well, I felt a witness of the Holy Ghost right there. If God be for us, who can be against us? God. Oh, my. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I like, I know your pastor says it around here a lot. God takes care of his regular customers. I appreciate a man bringing old-fashioned prayer back into a city. I really do. I, my hat's off to this church. But listen to me. I, I got to land this thing. I know this church can shout. I mean, y'all, you, you ladies, you bring your high heels, but you got them shouting pumps in your purse. You, you, it won't take much to swap them. I, I, and I commend you for that. I, it's been that way for a long time. But I'm going to tell you what. You better thank God for a pastor that won't let you die on the pew. <laughs> he's... He's, he's roaring like a raging lion up here. He's pacing back and forth. He's watching. You, 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 know, you might be saying, oh, God, don't let him come to me. But deep down inside, you better be screaming, God, send him to me. Don't let me die on a one-God pew. If he walks up to you and starts praying for you, that's a man of God. You ought to thank God for that. Don't let me sit on a one-God pew and go to hell. Oh, Jesus. Because we all have some bad days and all go through some rough seasons. And there's days you need somebody to hold you up in prayer and grab you by your arm and say, Don't sit there and die. Come on down to an altar. Thank God for that in your life. But I, I don't want to get up and walk down there. They'll embarrass me. No, we're trying to save you. If you hear God say, well done, you'll be so glad. Somebody grabbed you by your elbows and come on, let's go get your shout back. for the Holy Ghost tonight. But I'm just preaching simple tonight. I know tonight when the shout's over 
The sound is turned off. The lights are turned off. And the last one walks out the door and locks the building. When the shout is over, you hear this preacher, God sent me to preach this tonight. You better know how to get up and walk tomorrow morning. When the prayer revival is over, I hope you know how to walk. When the shouting and dancing's over, I hope you know how to walk. When the, when the ensemble's not singing and the man of God's nowhere around, I hope you learn how to walk. Just get up and pray. Read your Bible. Turn the plate over. Live holy. Live godly. Just walk. Just walk. Just walk. Just walk. Amen. Shut your mouth and walk. Keep your eyes focused and walk. Let your heart be fixed and walk. No attitude. No drama. No weak-mindedness. Just learn to walk. Learn to walk. No excuses. No victim mentality. No distractions, no weight or extra baggage, just you and Jesus walking every day, hand in hand. No shouting, no running, no dancing, just walking. Boy, if I could sing like some of them old spirituals could sing, I'd start singing, walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. <laughs> Amen. The, the, the not so hip crowd used to sing just a closer walk with thee. Amen. You know what? I'm going to go all the way and I may walk at a slower pace, but I've made up my mind. If daddy don't go, I'm walking. If mama don't go, I'm walking. If nobody else goes, I'm walking. I'm walking. If you walk long enough, there'll be a trumpet sound and you'll shout the victory forever. But you gotta walk. But you got to walk. Oh, let's praise him. Oh, let's rejoice in honor to the Lord. Seated. Let me let me just land this a little bit here. You know, I hope nobody's sitting there tonight saying, "Oh, preacher," but you don't understand my situation, preacher. You don't understand what I have to endure every day. You know. Do you think you're any different from those Israelites that had to get up and walk around the city 13 times and and not even understand what was going on? You know, we've read the end of the story. They didn't have that luxury. They were walking by faith. That's what you're doing, walking by faith. I felt something right there. I want to give somebody a word here right now. Your man of God will not have every answer. He's not supposed to. Because if the pulpit gave you every answer, it would no longer be called a walk by faith. It'd be a walk by knowledge. But some days I just get out and walk when I don't know where God is. I don't know what's going on. That's called a walk by faith. I don't know.
Job said it like this, I don't know. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Naked I came in, naked I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All I know is I'm walking today. No ensemble, no choir, no, no revival service. It's just a boring, boring, average day. That's okay. It's a good day to wake up and say, Jesus, let's go walking. If you walk long with, if you walk long enough and close enough with God, you might be just like Enoch, walking with God. And one day God looked at Enoch, and God said, "Enoch, we're closer to my house than we are your house. Come on over." <laughs> and Enoch was no more, for God took him. Enoch, how did that happen? Oh, it was easy. I just walk in with God. No angelic choir. No church support group around me. No, no man of God with a microphone in my ear. Walk, 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 walk. No, 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 no. It was just a devil saying, you can't do it. You can't make it. You might as well sit down. You, you're not worthy. You can't do it. You can't do you. And I just said, devil, please. Anyway, Lord. What were you saying? Yes, it's a beautiful day to walk with you. And you walk. And you just walk. <laughs> hey, I would encourage somebody. Don't make this so hard. Don't make this a... Listen to me. Don't make this a marathon. Oh, Pastor Motes, I just can't make it. What? Can you, can you just... Can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Then you can make it. You live for God, not by looking at a marathon, but by taking one step at a time. One prayer meeting at a time. One church service at a time. One revival at a time. One valley at a time. Now, remember, listen to me. I love shouting. Shouting represents victory. You list this preacher right now. Great apostolic churches are not built on the backs of shouters. It's built on the back of walkers. Can I give you one good reason why this is going on right now? Because on that man right there, Lived 12 hours away, seemed like. He'd get in that truck. Where are you going, Rev? I'm going to the church to pray. Can't, can't you just, can you not pray? No, you, it's a long drive. No, he wanted to come to make this a house of prayer. I wonder, Pastor Moats, how many times the road got monotonous. How many times the devil said, what are you doing? Ain't no walls falling, son. But you know what he did? He walked in and prayed. Oh, God. And Sister Motsy got back in that truck. He drove back up on that mountain. 
And he got out the next day and got in that truck. And he drove to Hot Springs and walked in this church and began to pray and talk to God. The church on Westinghouse, I believe it was, and walked in there and began to pray. And he got back in that truck and drove all the way back up and fought the traffic back up. To, and day after day after day after day after day. You see, you walk in now and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Listen to all that shouting. You should have been here when we were just walking. But there's some people that's still here. They couldn't see you sitting here in the natural sense. But through the eyes of faith, they saw this thing full. Through the eyes of faith, they saw a brand new building being built. And so they just kept walking. We knew you'd get here eventually, but until you got here, we just said, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I knew my husband would come back. I knew my wife would come back. I knew my kids would come. I just kept walking. I just kept walking. I just kept walking. Oh, let's love him right now. Come on, let's love him. Let's love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, press on a little bit here. Lift your voice. Lift your heart with it right now. Now listen to me. It's what I want to do. I drove up here tonight saying, God, I have no idea how to land this thing. I have no idea what to do. But it's what I feel like we need to do. We're not getting out of our pew. Listen to me. And we're not going to come down here with the intent of shouting. We're going to get out of our pews, if you can. I know there's not a lot of room down here. And you're going to walk down this aisle. And all you're doing is telling God, the devil, your man of God, and your brothers and sisters, I intend to walk with him every day. Now listen to me. They're going to sing and play whatever they want to do. When you start walking down here, if you do hear a voice inside say, shout, I've given you the victory, then you throw your head back and you begin to shout. But we ain't walking down here on, with the purpose of shouting. We're walking down here by saying, Lord, I'm committing to you tonight. I'm going to walk with you in 2023 like I've never done before, God. I'm going to keep up the prayer revival in my home. I'm going to pray every day like this, God. I'm fasting every week. I'm going to read my Bible every day, God. I'm committing myself to a day walk. When you come down here, throw your hands up. Lift your voice up and tell God, I'm here to walk with you, Jesus. I've struggled. I've stumbled. But I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. Get in your heart early. Come on, young men. Come on, young married couples. Are you struggling? It's in your walk. It's in your daily walk. 
God said, press in. Press in every day, every day, every day.